The task of breaking a bad habit is like uprooting a powerful oak within us. And the task of building a new habit is like cultivating a delicate flower one day at a time. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramia Amuzin, and the quote of the week is from a book that we read last month for uh, one of our book clubs, Amr's Evening Book Club, actually, and it's by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits, an easy and improved way to build new habits and break old ones. Now, you may or may not have read this book, but I'm sure you've heard about it regardless. It was trending all over the place ever since it came out. And I think that the reason why I picked this quote is because, you know, current life circumstances, building habits, breaking old ones, and also kind of confronting what are good habits and bad is a pretty big deal also. Nisreen, Am I correct in assuming that you read this book a while back or wanted to? I did. Okay. I did. It was pretty good. Yeah? Did yeah. you learn anything? Like, was there one thing you kind of, uh, that stuck with you? Mm, honestly, no. when I read a book, I forget it right away. Oh, my. <laughs> Don't, but isn't it Cancel isn't that confession on the show. <laughs> can we, can we honestly confess that? Can we admit that? I guess. Are yeah. we calling this a safe space? Okay, sure. It is a safe space because I feel like a lot of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, when I when I listen to a book or, or read a book, I feel like at a certain point, okay, it, it's a blur. Like I remember <laughs> like a bit Maybe of it. Maybe you just slow it down. This sounds like a problem that I used to have when I sped up all my books. Really? Because my sister has the same problem too. Okay. She, she doesn't even it. do audiobooks. Oops. Yeah, she she actually reads the book too. Okay, and well, she reads a lot. Well, th- okay, that's her thing, right? Mm-hmm. She yeah. reads a lot. Amir Khan yeah. reads a lot, and if he were to say, "Yeah, I can't retain all the books I read," then I'd be like, "Okay, facts." But with me, mm. Mm, I don't know if you and I have the excuse, girl. No, but you we know, don't. we already no, we established don't. that it's a safe space, so we can't go back on that. <laughs> All right. Um, you have some book talk for us. But before we do that, let's sprint through the CELA homepage. If you visit the CELA library, C-E-L-A library this is the Center for Equitable Library Access, you will find three featured titles right on that homepage. And the three that are up there right now are Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers. This is by Jesse Q. Suntanto. And this is a Mysteries and Crime Stories. We also have a climate book by Greta Thunberg. And this is, of course, about the environment. And the last one up there is The White Lady by Jacqueline Winspire. Historical fiction for those of you who are fans or wanting to check it out. Okay, Nez, over to you. Book news. So, book news, we have a topic that you'll love, Rams. It's uh, one of Audible's bestsellers right now. Is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Right book now? Number one. Yeah, it's been it's been like that for the past couple of weeks. I've seen it well, on it Audible's bestsellers. I don't know. And I and it brings up the fact that there's some books that I feel like stays trending. Huh. There's some I mean, books that stay trending for a while. But when it comes to Harry Potter, I mean, like, that's an old, old, old book. So yeah. I'm just saying um, when it comes to these 
iconic books do you feel like you're not surprised or are you still surprised that they're trending? Well, I'm usually not surprised that it's obviously still big, still being borrowed from libraries, still being bought with Audible credits. But what I try to understand is when there's a big surge like this, what mm-hmm. that's springing from, right? So when there were all, when there was all this controversy, controversy around J.K. Rowling and her um, stance with gender equality, I'll just say it that way, yeah. uh, there was a big surge in mm. Harry Potter purchases, but that was around this, right? Yeah. Whereas now, if you're saying, okay, it's trending all over again, I'm like, hmm, where did that come from? Like, is there yeah. something new? Is it a um, a cover change? You know, something else that's going on outside the book world that has to do with Harry Potter that's making it big again? I don't know. Yeah, so this, this just got me thinking um, that this is going to be my next book to read. So I'm okay. so excited because okay. I never... Don't tease, girl. Don't tease. I'm going to tell you this. And I okay. think you know this about me, but I've never read a Harry Potter book. I just watched the movies. Oh, okay. You watched the movies at least. Yeah, so you have course. some context. No, I, I love Harry Potter movies. Okay. But I never read the books because, you know, you know, my yeah. history, you know, losing you're... my vision, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> you really pulled that card. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I pulled that card. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, y- you know what? I'm not going to get excited now. I'll get excited when you actually start reading. Wow. So Is you that have fair? no faith. I, no, not that. I just mm. I don't want to be disappointed. Is it's that... different. It's different. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's different. Wrap it up then. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> all right. We're going to come back. Have Know Your Narrator with Sarah Hillis. Maybe maybe Harry Potter will come up again. I don't know. I don't plan these things. They just uh, happen. But on Know Your Narrator, we are highlighting the 2023 Audi winner for Best Female Narrator with Sarah Hillis. We'll be back. You're listening to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And once a month, we get into Know Your Narrator with Sarah Hillis. And this is where Sarah, you, uh, feature some of the voices in our audiobook world. And we shout out their backgrounds, their lives. They're very interesting people. So we get to know more than just what they offer us when they narrate our books. And this month's feature, we did like a back and forth. This is this kind of part two. But Rosamund Pike is the 2023 Audi winner for Best Female Narrator. And this was awarded for her work on The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan. And uh, last month, we featured Best Male Narrator for 2023 Audi Award. So it's just fitting to go this way. Oh yeah, I mean, got to got to do that. The Audis were in March, so that's what we're we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. April and May, packed for Know Your Narrator. So tell us uh, a bit about Rosamond. Is she new to you, by the way? Uh yeah, Rosamond Pike is new to me. I had not uh, watched the Wheel of Time series. She's in it uh, as as an actress uh, for. Amazon Prime. I hadn't watched this because I hadn't ever read the books, and I I don't like to watch a big epic fantasy series like that unless I've at least read some of the books. I just mm. feel that way about it. So typically, so um, when I heard that she'd won, a I didn't even know these books had been re released. I should have thought they they might have been because you know you do that you capitalize on on new things a lot, and and then when I heard her say she was just so sort of really grateful to get the award and she seemed really and then um 
you know, really privileged to have done the narration and stuff. And I thought that was really cool. So I thought, well, I got to read these books now. And um, there's two of them out now and one and the third one's coming out in June. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's just done a really great job. Um, I had no idea she was in Gone Girl, for example. Oh, uh, She was Amy Dunn, she was the Gone Girl, and holy gosh, like I'd seen the movie, but I didn't know who was the. I just knew ben, oh. uh, what Ben Affleck was the was the guy, right? I I didn't know who was the girl. That's why all of us watched it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And uh, and so I had no idea this was the same woman. And, and when I learned about her, I just thought, well, this is a great one for Know Your Narrator. There's so much cool stuff about about Rosman. Um, she was born in '79, so like a year younger than me. She's done so much stuff with her life. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, she uh, she was born. Um, her her mom and dad were Julian Pike and Caroline Friend, and they were kind of op- opera singers in, I guess, England generally. And uh, she's born in London, England. And I feel she must have learned a lot about you know voice work and stuff just by being in a house with with her parents. Like yeah. you would just, I would think you would just know what you know, what it oh, is gosh, to take care yeah. of your voice and that kind of thing, right? Uh, she went to the badminton school, possibly the school that the games end up being named after. I'm not really sure, but in Bristol, she went to a, so a, a, what they call a public school in England, which is kind of more like a prep school here in, in North America, you know, the fancy kind of posh boarding school type idea, right? Mm. So she went to that, and then uh, she didn't get into any of her theater schools, but she'd been doing a lot of theater so she applied for theater university or college theater, and she, she just didn't get into those schools. Uh, but she'd been working with the National Youth Theater, doing like Shakespeare and lots of other things. And uh, But she did get into Oxford, uh, Wadham College at Oxford to read um, English literature. That means study English literature in England. Uh, so she did that. Um, also while continuing to just act and act and act and direct. And uh, she was in some plays by David Hare, some plays by Arthur Miller. Again, more more Shakespeare during her sort of university days. And then while she was working at the National Youth Theater with Romeo and Juliet, she she was discovered by an agent. So that that really helped to launch her her career on a on a little bigger scale. Uh started doing some British sort of guest appearances in British TV shows, mm-hmm. um, which I, I'm not familiar with them, but there were just various like you know, there, you need a character to in a mystery show or something, and you know, for one episode, and she'd be in those kinds of things. And this is what during her year off school, or this is when her actual career kicked off. Uh, it kind of it it sort of started during her year off school. She took a year off, and then after she graduated, she kept doing these kinds of roles. What a woman! I love this. She's like, oh, no theater school will take me. I'll just go into English and then end up doing theater and TV anyways. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. She just, I yeah. mean, she kept just making her career for herself and, uh, Grinding. and with, with the help of her agent, of course, mm-hmm. too. And uh, she'd be the first to say that she had a really good, she has a really good agent that doesn't, that he doesn't tend to feed her roles that she doesn't want to do and that, that would kind of mess with her career kind of thing. Uh, he's really, you know, sensitive to that. So that's really cool. Um she she was in Die Another Day. That was her first sort of film role. Was in Bond, okay. uh, as a as a sort of Bond girl slash aide to to James Bond. I think uh, kind of a two dimensional or double like double kind of character, I suppose. Oh yeah. And uh, she did some more Bond in in twenty thirteen. It was World's End. She was in that. 
She's been in some Bond like documentaries, like Bond Girls Forever and that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, I think she really liked the whole James Bond experience, which is fun to do. Uh, and of course, because of that, she's narrated some of the Bond um, books. Um, uh, of course, Who Loved Me, things like that, right? Uh, <laughs> Was it after? Like she did the Bond films and then came to the books? Yeah, I think she narrated oh, nice. the sort of new editions of some of the books uh, after. I think specifically more after World's End and, and mm-hmm. later. But uh, And in 2005, she did one of those obligatory sort of period pieces that a lot of young actresses get to do, uh, Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley. She was Jane Bennett. Pride, uh, Kira Knightley was Elizabeth Bennett. And so she was a supporting role, but she was good, uh, I thought. <laughs> um, and then basically did some more movies, uh, some more uh, British movies, um, the Libertine with, um, oh, uh, heck, who was that actor? <laughs> He's a famous British actor, and I can't think who he was. But she was in that. She won some independent film awards for that. And uh, she was in um, uh, a Canadian film. She was in Barney's version, which is a, a film of one of our great... Uh, well, Mordecai Richler did that book, didn't he? I think he did. Uh, one of our great Canadian authors. So there was a film of that. Mm. And then her big... What she credits is her major acting role is uh gone girl uh in 2014 she they they wanted david fincher wanted a lesser known um celebrity or actress to be a to be amy dunn the character in gone girl which is based on Gillian flynn's novel and Great uh novel. and rosamund pike has this ability to do pretty good american dialect um and she like i i just thought she would have been one of the one of the actresses around at the time I, I had never seen the credits so i when i'd watched it originally so i had no idea it was the an english person doing the mm. doing the movie that's how you know it was good uh, yeah it was great and uh so she really credit, credits fincher with giving her a lot of on-camera time and and getting her really going um as for and then of course uh, she did i care a lot if you've ever seen that on netflix it's uh it's from 2020 i think and it's about this horrible woman called Marla Grayson, who's a, a legal guardian that gets appointed if you if you have to, um, if you, if you're a vulnerable person and you and you don't have any family to look after, you mm-hmm. get appointed a legal guardian. And of course, this she's just trying to get money out of the whole situation, and she gets her comeuppance in this movie, like in a, in a major oh. way. But <laughs> savage character, okay, yeah, really amazing. So she's done lots of different kinds of roles, um, and as far as I as far as I can tell with her narration, it seems to have started in twenty. 20- Six, but that's as far as I can see on Audible. So with Macmillan Audio, doing a book called Restless by William Boyd, and uh, then she did some Bond things. She's been in some BBC radio dramas, of course. Uh, a lot of British actors go through that that whole um, coaching and, and amazing stuff that they can give you. Uh, this was her first Audi for the Wheel of Time, and I feel like people were a little surprised it was her. But if you read, if you listen to the books, you, I mean, she deserved that award, of course. I mean, it's it's an amazing job, um, and she she really loved. She did the narration after she would shot the first season of the series, and she she thought, "What well, this just adds a whole new dimension to to my understanding of what this is about." And like she she's really invested in it. I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard a bit of her uh, narration for the the performance that she won her Audi for, and I was really really impressed by her changes of tone it's not even tone necessarily but her scale i would say 
right? Like how she goes from much deeper voices to um, something more neutral to something higher. And I thought that's really interesting. And I haven't even checked out any of her acting yet. So I'm very curious about how she channels, as we've talked about with other narrators. Yeah, um, she she obviously can use the full range of her voice. Um, she creates voices in her head for for what they the characters should be like reading the book first, of course, and and she says she draw lines she draws lines all over her scripts that nobody could really understand except oh, yeah. her. Uh, but <laughs> she she you know so she goes okay that's supposed to be like this so then she draws a thing that makes it makes her understand what she's supposed to do for the next uh, bit, and then she has little um, spoken lines that she can say to herself to get into a certain accent or get into a certain uh, way of talking. Oh, that's smart. Uh, she mentioned uh, this one character in The Wheel of Time. She uses a Welsh accent for him, and she and she mentioned the lines she used, and she says, sometimes I can't get into it, so I have to stop the recording and just say the line, and then, then I can start the recording again and mm. get into the way he speaks. Um, Very cool. So she has all these little t- tricks and tips up her sleeve. She's obviously built her way around narration. Yeah, I would I would say she's learned. I, I would say that reading the ones in 2015 and 2018, the Jane Austen ones, I'm not sure if uh, if she was in quite the best frame of narration at that point. Like mm-hmm. you can hear a little more vocal fry and how and how it's not she doesn't vocal fry like amazingly, like horribly, like like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just did. <laughs> but um, she uh, you can hear a little bit of just she's not quite it seems like she's not quite sure of. Of, of what she should do right. but maybe because it's fantasy she feels more free to just go with it you know like when it's Jane Austen it's well it's classic literature I don't want to be too crazy with it at the same time there's still a range of characters in those books too that you have to dis- yeah. dis- distinguish between so yeah. is it also that she just wasn't as well practiced in narration you think like possibly I mean you know honing her craft one one's not sure. Um, she's also done a couple, some voice work for some animation, uh, oh, yeah. and okay. she did uh, um, like mo- like movies of movies of video games, I think mostly. And then she also did an audio game, which I I've been having fun playing. Uh, I hadn't played it when it first came out, but it's Evidence One One One, and it's got like really good actors in it. Um, and it's one of those choose your own story kind of games. So you choose how the character goes through the story, mm-hmm. and and there's like eleven different endings. And Rosamund Pike is not the main character, but well, in a sense, she is a main character. But she's she's like a um, she's not the, the the person that you're playing. But she's really good in it, and it's <laughs> yeah. really cool. <laughs> That's really fun. Um, so what else? Like she's been up to the narration part, I'd say quite recently but then she's got her first audio under her belt now, so that's kind of cool. Um, anything on top of that that she's done, if like not to cater for her narration, just to kind of bulk up her repertoire of I've done everything because <laughs> that's what it seems like. Um, yeah, I don't. She likes to keep people guessing. Like she, she was nice. a Bond girl for a while, and then she, she does um, serious, serious. Not that Bond isn't serious, but it, it's sort of action adventure. She's done a lot of different action adventure stuff. Uh, Jack Reacher, and and she she replaced an actress in Wrath of the Titans who had been in Clash of the Titans. Uh, but she couldn't do it, so, so Rosamund replaced her. And I didn't see those movies, so I don't know how well it worked, but right. I'm sure it worked fine. Um, and she just, yeah, she just keeps on uh, keeps on doing stuff. Um, 
she tends to be the executive producer of almost everything that she does. So whether it's just the way her contract works, like it's, she she tends to be kind of as in control as she can be about her own sort of destiny within mm-hmm. within the things she does. So that's really cool. Um, and yeah, she just uh, she keeps on um, giving interviews. Um, she's she's pretty accessible in for for the most part. I saw a couple of YouTube like people who just randomly do YouTube shows and she was on them. So that's really cool. Um, <laughs> oh, like she's on YouTube channels. Well, yeah, like a couple people's, I just saw a couple like sort of talk show type things, but they weren't, I mean, they were just people doing YouTube talk shows, you know, <laughs> they weren't like famous talk shows or anything that I, that I would never have heard of. But Right. Uh, right. Yeah. She just, she's a, she's, she just, yeah, she just keeps on turning them out. She's, she's done. So she did the second wheel of time. She's done the, She's done, done, now done the third one, which is coming out in June. Uh, and this is interesting because they are Macmillan re-releases. So everyone, anyone who has heard the audiobooks of the original ones, I don't know what you would think of them, but because I came to it just with Rosamund Pike, I, I love it. But the original ones were done by Kate Redding and Michael Kramer. So they, the Kate Redding would do the female parts and, and Michael Kramer would do the male sort of right. points of view parts. And so... There might be people that are nostalgic for those ones, but I really think this is, was, and the Jordan Estate was involved in it, so I think this is a really good choice. Mm. Um, it's just really, really great. <laughs> yeah, I like that she um, was adamant. I mean, it, going back to what she could have done, right? Like, which was Oxford English, and then um, thinking, no, because I, I like the fact that her parents were um, opera singers. She was just kind of brought into this and goes from there to kind of make her way through all of it, um, continues with her theater and her TV and her film. And as you said, she's either keeping people guessing or just trying out a little bit of everything, which is so nice. And honestly, she took the honor of the Audi Award quite seriously because she came to get it um yeah appear in to, person right she went to new york and and uh, i think the other guy seth uh just because he lived in oregon he couldn't make the i mean it's there's lots of reasons why he can't be there mm. that's not a bad thing but he had to accept i believe he had to accept virtually which was an option because still it's sort of covid times and you know they did an in-person gala but you didn't have to come and uh and and rosman came i don't know if she'd been in america at the time or what but Mm. she came and it was really amazing because everybody said like she's not the usual person to come to an audi Mm -hmm. an audi uh you know awards gala like she's she's sort of a bit of a higher end kind of person you know the way she looks and that kind of thing people (laughs) were sort of commenting on all that i appreciate that because we know that it's kind of it's still growing the reputation for the Audi Awards or just, you know, people taking in narration as seriously. And as you said, people were still kind of like, oh, my gosh, she can narrate. So <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, she can. And we love it. So um, it's nice. And it's cool when narrators take on or I guess it's not just on the narrators, but uh, when pr- publishers, production companies, Audible takes on different narrators doing classics again i don't know i find that is it risky or is it just that you're catering to a different audience when you do that well i think i've seen uh like in the old days in the really old days i've seen like abridgments of books um tied into movies say uh and recorded by pretty famous people Mm -hmm. and i think they've had varying results of success but when but when you actually are 
auditioning and and like I don't I'm assuming that she had to try out. I they pro- probably not too hard because she was the star of the show and it was kind of a capital capitalization. Yeah. Of, uh, on that but um but yeah to reissue things i think it is risky because i think well i mean look at the controversy between <laughs> jim dale and stephen oh, fry like exactly, they're just two yeah. different issues they're two different publishers mm-hmm. that issued the, the, the harry potter books and people have these controversies about who's the better one and mm-hmm. and like so it can be a bit risky but but i i think generally it most people are nice enough to just say, okay, fine, you know. That's... Yeah. If we're willing to read it again, I might try another narrator. <laughs> yeah. Some people get very attached, of course. That's to... what I'm thinking. It's the nostalgia you pointed out and just that it was released so much, um, much before the second iteration. So you're like, I'm attached. I'm not going to try a new one. But hey, she's well, got I, the... Yeah, like I was even a bit skeptical I admit when I heard her that she won, I was like, "Oh, it's that it's because the series was on, and maybe mm. there's no." And then, and then I listened to even just the sample on Audible, and I went, "Okay, we're gonna have to get this book and read it because it was." You could tell she was do, doing her homework on how to exactly. do it, and, and yeah, and that's why we dig deeper on Know Your Narrator and get to know these people. Sarah, thank you so much. This yeah, is no awesome. problem. We are uh, doing Know Your Narrator once a month here on AMI Audiobook Review with Sarah Hillis. I'm your host, Ramia Amadan, for this podcast, technical producer, Nisreen Abdel-Majid. And until next week's episode, happy audiobook listening. every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.